there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. Because travel is more than vacation. Welcome to the first fucking episode of the year. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here with me. And you know what? I want to get to know who you actually are. So if you wouldn't mind, take a few minutes and take my listener survey. I would love to be able to continuously bring you uh, content that you're actually interested in. I would love to um, explore different modalities, if you will. And I would better serve you. And it's a lot easier for me to kind of curate the numerous tabs in my brain that are open with um, ideas. I am the idea queen. It's a gift. I always have an idea about something. However, I generally tend to drop the ball when it comes to um, execution. It generally stays in the idea phase. So if I know that there's a particular interest, I can more easily focus my attention to what it is you actually want. Um, So I would love to get to know you guys and to see what all um, you're interested in, things you like, you don't like, things you want to keep the same, things you want to change about the podcast. I'm open to all your suggestions. So there is a link in the episode description right there. It's not going to take long. Um, Give it a shot. I really appreciate you guys that have already done it. And I would love to see more of you guys' responses. Um, And if you would like to get to know traveling shit a little better, mini drum roll, don't know if I've mentioned it before, but there are playlists. I know what it feels like to know that you heard something, but not know what episode you heard it in. So I created a couple of different playlists with general topics so that you can get right to the information that you're looking for in particular, whether it be, I think I have playlists on uh, remote destinations. I have playlists on solo travel so that um, if you are particularly looking for solo travel episodes, it'll be easier for you to just hop to the playlist, scroll through there and be like, ah, this is the one I'm thinking about going here. Let me listen to this episode in the remote episode. So um, I do my best to make things easy. All right, down road trip, because I don't know if I have a road trip playlist and I've done quite a few road trips over the past year at this point. So definitely going to add that to it if it's not there, but yeah, so I'm trying to make sure that travel and shit is more than me just running my mouth. I love helping people. And this is one of the ways that I hope that I'm able to help you. So, uh, the links for those will of course be in the description box below. And if you would uh like to and i would appreciate if you did visit the uh website travelshippodcast.com you can get to the playlist from there you can get to the listener survey from there and you can also check out all the other resources and offerings that i have i've got courses i've got suggested gear i've got itineraries from past trips if you want to know where i've stayed um once you go through the 
playlist of remote episodes. Um, it's all there for you. I am slowly trying to curate a hub and a wealth of information for you, but I am a one man show, one woman show. So, um, I can much easily and much more quickly get to what it is that you are looking for in particular, if you let me know that's what you're looking for. So, um, holler at me y'all. And, uh, that is the commercial for this episode. Uh, also shout out to my little traveling shit cups. These are one of the first, if you're watching on the YouTube, which is also in the description box, you can see, uh, all the traveling shit stuff that I have going on. Ooh, putting a pin in this, uh, cup combo. Check out the new plant y'all. I told you I was trying to, you know, zhuzh up the, uh, the aesthetic here. Got me a new one. I was very excited about this one. Got it from Jordan's Jungle, my favorite nursery. That uh, giveaway is also still open as well as the giveaway for um, the Remy Rain collection. I had an episode about two or three episodes ago with uh, Celicia Shears. She came on and discussed traveling with her daughter, uh, with her husband, and I am doing a $50 giveaway to her website well not her well yeah her website the shop where she sells uh, a lot of merch in terms of like kids clothes book bags notebooks those kinds of things so that children are able to see representation of themselves in uh products that encourage them to travel so that as well as a gift card giveaway for Jordan's Jungle. I believe the gift card is $25 for Jordan's Jungle which is no small fries because this beauty here, I want to say was less than $25. Um, was it, it may have been like $20. So depending on where you live, $25 gift card is going to get you one. Or if you get something smaller, more than one plant, this is a six inch pot. Pardon. It'll get you, um, tons of stuff. They've got an incredible selection. So favorite nursery, they ship ridiculously quick. I ordered Wednesday prior to Christmas or was it Wednesday prior to new year? So it was one of those Wednesdays and I'd gotten it by the Friday. I ordered early in the morning on Wednesday. It was maybe like 10 o'clock in the morning and they shipped and had my, you know, package at the post office, like three hours later, it seemed I had a tracking number and everything. So they ship quickly. And I always, always, always receive healthy, well-looking plants. I actually did an unboxing on my Instagram, um, underscore D carry. So that's D underscore D C A R R I E. If you're interested. And, um, of course, as always, the link for that will also be in the description box. I have to double check, but I want to say that the giveaway for the Jordan's jungle, um, gift card ends on the it ends the end of January. When's the last day of January? January 31st. And the giveaway for Remy Rain ends on January 17th, that Monday of uh Martin Luther King weekend. Yes, the 17th. So those are the announcements, if you will. This week, the top of the year. Um, 
you know, a lot of people like to, I live in New York, right? So New York is one of those really big destinations for New Year's because we do the incredible rocking New Year's Eve that they used to do with Dick Clark and the ball and all that shit. First of all, I can't say that I know any New Year, at least any of my friends that have ever actually gone to the ball drop. Most New Yorkers don't give a fuck about the ball drop. It's of no interest to us. Um, that's a touristy thing. And so that has the idea of tourists and living in a tourist destination top of mind. I also saw a post uh, that had an article or something. Um, yes, I want to say it was one of the Facebook groups that I'm in. There was like an article about a bunch of like touristy things that people do that people that live in tourist destinations can't stand. And so I left a comment on one of, on that post that got quite a bit of interaction and yeah, felt seen. Apparently I am not alone in this. And so this week I'd like to discuss a few of the things that tourists do that I can't fucking stand. Can't stand, hate it, get out the way. So let's begin with a mood, a sentiment, a feeling, if you will. Move. Move. You're in the way. You're in my way in particular. So the the majority of what annoys me about tourists in New York. So let me backtrack a little bit. New York is comprised of New York City, excuse me, is comprised of five boroughs. There's also upstate New York, which is New York, but the further up you get, we don't really count them as New York. Upstate New York is like when someone says they're a New Yorker, but then like they say they're like from Binghamton, Buffalo, Albany, Kingston. Yeah, you don't really count. Hi, how are you? Have a great day. But in this, uh, I'm not going to hold you. We don't really count them. Um, we also don't count one of the boroughs of the city. We don't really fuck with Staten Island. We don't, Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan. I personally would uh, have taken more of Long Island as a borough over Staten Island, but no one asked me, just saying. So Staten Island, Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens, and Manhattan, five boroughs of New York City. Whenever someone from New York, or I'd say the majority of the world says the city, or they're going to New York, we understand them to mean Manhattan. Now, the outer boroughs, as they're considered, that's everything other than Manhattan. So again, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island. They tend to be considered, if you will, more residential. Um, Yards, houses, driveways of the such. We don't have nearly as many skyscrapers. However, don't get it twisted, Queens, Brooklyn in particular have relatively interesting skylines of their own. Pale in comparison to the Manhattan skyline, but there is a city feel, especially in Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx. There are more tall buildings, 
um, urban areas and it's not all grass yards, trees, and, you know, families playing outside picket fences. There are more uh, residential pockets, different areas in those boroughs, all those boroughs actually. Uh, Staten Island has quite a few of them. I don't even think, I've been to Staten Island probably like two or three times in my life. Y'all ain't missing a damn thing, promise you. Um, but I live in Queens and I work in Manhattan. So I personally feel as if I have the best of both worlds. I get to leave the city and come to a much uh, quieter and slower pace space to live. I love my neighborhood. Would I live here forever? No, because I don't personally want to stay in New York if I didn't have to. Um, I'm kind of just over the New York thing. I am over just everything being so expensive. I'm over... um, crowds and it's it's been fun it's been fun i'm i'm done but that being said when people visit new york there i personally think has been more of an increase now that airbnb is an option of people staying in the outer boroughs or finding the beauty and the excitement that is in places that are not manhattan especially in brooklyn Brooklyn's got a ton of really great options for places to stay, things to do, places to eat, activities, the whole nine. Um, Queens, I I mean, I think you, people in Queens, we just fucking live here. Ain't re- if you ask me, ain't really that much to do in Queens unless you're in a very, in the more urban areas of Queens. And by urban, I mean just more populous, more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, transit friendly where there are going to be more train lines. Uh, Pockets of Brooklyn and a lot of Queens is what we consider to be a two-fare zone where you have, there are no subway systems. So if you want to rely on public transportation, you're mostly going to rely on buses. Uh, You would take the bus, the train, and you know, then you can kind of get anywhere in the city because the train, all the places. I can't really think of anywhere in Manhattan that, isn't subway accessible, but I can think of plenty of places in Queens, especially, and then also some places in Brooklyn that are not train accessible. You either have to drive to the train or take the bus to the train where, and I mean like walking isn't an option. Like the closest train is like three miles away. Kind of close. You see what I'm saying? So that being said, I enjoy living outside of Manhattan because there is no real influx of people in my neighborhood that don't live here. Now I happen to be near, um, one of the airports. I live near JFK. So there are tons of people you would think that are staying here. But when it comes to me going to the grocery store, when it comes to me, um, visiting friends in the area, if I'm driving anywhere that's relatively local for me, I'm not running into tourists. So when, but work is a different story. And I, I'm trying to think when it comes to work, I don't know about you, but I kind of want to just get there, get home. Right. I don't necessarily want to be held up for any reason. I don't want to, I don't want my, um, abysmal ascent to, 
said job to be burdened and slowed down. I'm doing a face here by people in my fucking way. So I returned to move. Majority of the things that tourists do that I can't stand here are things that I personally do my damnedest to avoid while I'm traveling in order to keep myself safe. A lot of the things that I think, now mind you, the list that I'm going to hit up is not exclusive just to tourists. I think that it tends to also (laughs) be commonplace for people that are just aloof, that have no grasp of, um, personal space and caring about, or just giving, you don't even have to care, just giving consideration to the people around you. Um, so I have first walking in the street, walking in the middle of the street and dragging your luggage behind you in like the most inopportune places. Realize that not only are you in someone else's home, um, but you're for the most part in a very highly trafficked area. If you're in Manhattan, you're in a very, um, highly foot traffic or car traffic. So it's either pedestrians or it's cars. You being lost in the middle of the street or not using the fucking sidewalks infuriates me. There's no reason why you're walking someplace in the street, like along parked cars kind of in the street or like go on the sidewalk, move out of my way. I drive to work. Haven't been on the train since the pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, I took the subway to work. I had to drive to the subway because remember, two fair zone. However, it just was real easy for me to, not easy, but it was an easier option to just drive to the subway, park, and take the train into work. Now, I'm good on that. I don't want to deal with all of the, I feel like there's an influx of, um, crazy. And I want no parts of that on the train. Also train has never been really reliable. It's never really been the subway in particular. Long Island railroad, Metro North, um, Jersey transit. I want to say the, um, that rail line or whatever that their thing is called. I feel like those trains are way more reliable because they have a consistent timetable that they stick to Long Island railroad. If your train leaves at nine Oh six, be there at 906 because that bitch is rolling in and out on time for the most part. Subway, if it's supposed to arrive at 906, who knows when the fuck is going to show up? If it's a bus, who knows if it'll even stop because if it's full, it's not going to stop unless somebody has to get off at that stop. That bus is going to ride right the fuck past you. Um, so you being in the way with your luggage while I'm trying to get to that train or bus that is scheduled to leave at 9.06 so that I can get where I need to go is really annoying, right? It's not that you have a suitcase, it's that you and your suitcase are in my way. Move. Um, Not paying attention when you cross the street. One of the things that I see people, and you can tell, we can generally tell when you're not from here. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's like, we can smell it on you. We can feel it on you. This doesn't apply to everyone. I'd say just a large majority. 
And it's, let me also say, add this here before we get too far. It's not that we dislike you being here. It's not that you being here is problematic. It's when you being here causes issues for us that we don't want you here or that you being here is problematic. It's kind of like if I go someplace, if I go to another um, state, city, country, and I behave a bold ass fool and I am completely, it's kind of like people that travel to, um, you know, let's say majority Muslim, um, communities or countries and don't cover themselves appropriately or, you know, perform or behave in ways that are culturally unacceptable in the location where they're visiting. It's the same thing here. You know, New York is known for being a very fast paced city, right? You all watch the movies. That's part of why you want to come. If I can make it in New York, I can make it anywhere. The hustle and the bustle, the city that never sleeps. So why with that in your mind, would you not extend that cultural norm in your visit? Right? So mixed properties are not like unique to New York city. A lot of the buildings that you're visiting that are tourist attractions, Rockefeller Center, Empire State Building, um, Macy's like at Herald Square, a lot of the places in uh, Times Square, you know, these aren't just tourist attractions. People actually work here and some people actually live here. So you standing and stopping and congregating in the middle of the fucking sidewalk, again, I repeat, this is not just something that tourists do. It just happens to be a very touristy action and very well known to be done by people that are totally aloof and ambivalent to there being people around them. Do not stop and congregate in the middle of the fucking street. Don't do it in the middle of the sidewalk move out of the way, move to the side of the sidewalk, either move to, and if you're standing like to the side, like near, um, a store, don't stop in front of the fucking door. When you come out of a store, don't stop in the doorway to try to figure out where you're going to go. Come the fuck outside and step like inside, um, like by the window, you can always step to the left or to the right, up, down, in, out, just move from outside of the doorway. So that somebody that is trying to make it back onto the sales floor, from their lunch break, isn't trying to navigate you and six of your homegirls that are waiting for homegirl number three to figure out where she wants to go next. And she's looking at the maps. It's not that being lost is a crime or a sin, but being in the way of other people, that part is. If you're crossing the street and you're not sure if you're going to, if you're going the right way, don't stop and think about that in the middle of the crosswalk. Go across the street. Take your head out of your phone when you're looking at directions. Look at where you're going, navigate, see if the blue dot is going in the right direction, and then look where you're fucking going. You don't have to text while you're crossing the street. You don't have to do all those. You can do it on the other side of the street. Promise, if that ass don't get fucking hit by a car, that your phone will still be in your hand when you get to the other side. Navigate and uh, recalibrate on the sidewalk not in the middle of the street. I can't tell you how many times I'm driving home and I'm at a light and I'm watching people 
that are, cause I work in lower Manhattan. So tons of touristy areas. There's Chinatown down there, Wall Street's down there, Soho's down there, Tribeca's not far from there. So there's a lot of shit for people to do. And all the time I'll see somebody like a group of maybe like three, four people start walking to the crosswalk. One of them is ahead of the rest of them. And then they stop and they're talking back to the girls that are still standing on the corner. Homegirl is standing in the middle of the crosswalk, like in the middle of the street, talking to her friends that are slowly starting to come to the crosswalk. Doesn't matter that you have the light. Don't do it. Fucking cross the street. You don't stop in the middle of the crosswalk. Keep it pushing. If you end up going the wrong way, guess what? You can turn around and go back the opposite way when the light turns again. You don't have to figure it all out in that moment in the middle of the street. Other thing, fucking stairs. Don't stop at the top of the stairs. Once you get to the top, if you don't know which way you're going, go pick a way. It don't have to be the right way because again, you can always turn around, but don't stop at the top of the stairs or at the bottom of the stairs move out of the way so that everybody else doesn't pile up behind you. Same thing with an escalator. Don't stop once you get off the escalator. Readjust and fix shit out of the way. If you're not going to walk up the escalator, yes, I know the escalator moves. If it's working, if you're in the subway, we all know and hate, or if you're in stores, certain places, we all know the escalator is not gonna work. But if you're on the escalator, and you're not walking up or down, whichever way it's going, move to the right so that I or anyone else that wants to walk up the escalator can absolutely do that. We don't have to wait behind you. A lot of us don't want to wait behind you because again, remember, I'm going to work. You're enjoying yourself. I'm coming home for work. You're enjoying yourself. I need to go grocery shopping before I drop shit off at my parents' house or somebody needs to pick their kids up from school. Whatever it is, keep at the top of mind, or not even the top of mind, just keep in mind, period. While you may be on holiday, the people that are around you are not. And I always keep this in mind also when I go other places. Like if I'm uncertain of what's on a menu someplace, I will always just come in, step outside of the doorway, move someplace where I'm not really in the way and then look over the fucking menu. You don't have to make your decision as soon as you walk in, but what you do need to do is decide to move out the way as soon as you walk in because someone that knows what they want should be able to go in front of you. And it's just a simple, it's, it's that same energy when you're out and about and, you know, sharing services or you're sharing spaces. Keep in mind that while you are, um, vacationing or having a good time, consider that people are at work. People are on their way to work. People live here. You are in their space. Remember that you are sharing the space and follow suit. Do not place your needs, your wants, your selfie, your photo, your FaceTime, your video above the safety and convenience of everybody else around you. That whole trying to recreate like movie scenes. I remember that was one of the things um, in the article. Uh, someone that lived, I want to say, at, what Abbey Road. Uh, what is that? Um, someplace in the UK, I want to say. The Beatles, right? So people actually drive and converse and uh, traverse and use that space. So you trying to 
recreate that, uh, what is it, album cover is inconveniencing people that are trying to, you never take their sick kid to the doctor's office, pick up prescriptions before the pharmacy closes. Real life shit, you know what I mean? So while you're having a good time, remember that people actually live and work in this area and your good time does not get to come before other people's regular life. What else did I have here? Um, oh, another way that we know you're not from here is when you walk without purpose. You walk without direction. It's one thing to not be sure which way you're going. I am notoriously lost. I have a really shit sense of direction. That's always been the case. Can't see that getting any better. I've lived in New York my entire life. I still don't have a clue where I'm going most of the time. So I happen to have to use the map. Like I, what a time to be alive. I also remember when I had to just print my map and figure it out from there. I remember one time I drove to see my cousin in Virginia. What should have been a six hour drive took me nine hours. And I think I only stopped once or twice, but I remember one time I was leaving the McDonald's and I started going, I was going the wrong way. I was driving the wrong way. I don't know how long I was going the wrong way, but I did it. I didn't have a GPS to recalculate and tell me where to go. I fucked up on my own. But um, that being said, it's great to have, you know, navigation tools. Um, but honestly, look up. Get out of your phone. And whilst just going on these walks, whether or not you are using navigation or not, I'm not saying you have to rush, right? Because plenty of people in New York also like to leave well before they need to be someplace because we all know traffic. This has been, ask any New Yorker and we will tell you this has been probably the worst traffic that we've seen in decades. It is, I've been driving for probably 20 years at this point. I never been in traffic this bad trying to go someplace. Um, it, it's just, it should only take me maybe 30 minutes without traffic. If it's two o'clock in the morning and nothing's going on, I can get to the city in 25 minutes. Most days it takes me an hour and a half, sometimes two hours to get to or from work. So traffic is really bad. So we already know building you know building some extra time all that jazz so when we see people that are just kind of I don't want to say casually walking because you can casually walk and you still be trying to go someplace but there's a distinct difference in the way it's one of those things that's a little difficult to describe but it's easy to see it's easy to spot when you see it you can kind of tell when someone is just aimlessly Oh, wow. Look at this. Oh, wow. Just head in the clouds, head in the sky as if they've never seen buildings. And it's possible. Shit. I don't know where the fuck you're from. Maybe you haven't seen skyscrapers before. And I can understand how, you know, a new environment is really exciting because I've seen a shit ton of buildings, but I promise you, I know that I was absolutely looking for and, you know, checking for the architecture in Austria. I remember my mom told me how beautiful it was when she visited. So I'm 
looking up, looking at shit. But guess what? I don't do it in the middle of the sidewalk. I don't do it, you know, in spaces where I see people coming in and out of, or, you know, having to get around me. It just is, and it's not necessarily a make yourself small so that you can make other people comfortable. It's a matter of having yourself not necessarily look like a fucking walking target. You don't want to draw attention to yourself in a, before we go further, not wanting to correlate this to the, um, well, what was she wearing? Well, why did she drink so much? Not victim shaming, not victim blaming. People shouldn't rob other people. People shouldn't victimize other people or people shouldn't um, act violently towards people um, without reason. But it absolutely doesn't help to basically wear a target on your forehead. It doesn't help to, you know, draw unnecessary attention to yourself. You are already going to stand out for, I'm sure, plenty of different reasons, right? Everyone takes selfies. Everyone takes pictures, even when you're from a location. However, again, it's one of those things. When you see it, you know it. People taking pictures of just like random buildings, taking pictures down, you know, streets with lights and it's, There goes one. He's not from here. Oh, she definitely ain't from here. And if I were out trying to get people, even if it's something as simple as I got a comedy show I'm trying to sell out, I'm definitely going to hit these people up and get them to buy tickets because I know that they're tourists. I know that they're looking for something to do. And even if I know that this comedy show is going to be absolutely fucking basura, if I knew this shit is trash and I've got two comedians and three hours of window to fill up and I'm charging you $50 for these tickets because these are really bomb up and coming New York city comedians that you want to get in. You want to see them before they blow up and you got to spend $200 on their tickets. I'm only going to charge you $50. I already pegged you. I see you not from here. I see your head is in the clouds. I see you taking pictures of fucking nothing. It's a light pole. It's just, you know, it's fucking little Italy. The lights is on. Whoa. I, I get it's exciting to look at, But when you do that extra, uh, it's more of a sentiment, right? And not a demonizing because I take tons of pictures when I'm out places. I take pictures of pretty buildings. I take pictures of murals. I take pictures of, you know, all kinds of shit, honestly. I've taken pictures of rocks. But I'm not in the way. And I don't make a... I think it's the grandiose gesture of it all. I think it's the, uh, what's the word? It's the real, it's, it's like you can somewhat see a certain light switch go off where that is the only thing you can tell someone is paying attention to, and you can tell that they're not paying attention to the rest of the stuff that's going on. I am not trying to make it seem as if New Yorkers are the most, are all New Yorkers, New Yorkers are like the most perceptive and we just spend our time, um, 
scanning crowds to see who's not from here. I promise we don't really care about you for the most part. And this goes for any tourist destination. I'm certain in London, nobody gave a fuck about me taking a picture of Big Ben. Nobody took a, nobody cared about me facing the, um, what's that thing? The red eye that hold that red Ferris wheel thing off the bridge and taking a picture. Nobody cares. But if I'm standing in the middle of the street and I'm calling my homegirls over to hurry up and take the picture because this is the perfect shot and the light's about to turn and everybody behind me in the cars is trying to get home from work or going to the grocery store or trying to hit up the, um, the shoe store before they fucking close, whatever it is, that's when it's just like, oh, you're one of those. So it's that awareness of you being in shared space you being in communal space. And I understand that if you're not from a really busy town or if you're from a slower paced destination that the idea of people rushing around you just seems really unnecessary. But consider that we live in really populous spaces. Like there's millions of people in New York City. And if you come from um, a city whose total population might be like 400 50,000 people. We have to, we don't have to fight for space, but we're navigating a lot tighter windows of time um, and opportunity. Subways come and go. They're not reliable, like I said. Um, you know, same with buses, same with traffic patterns. We, we are trying to maneuver around ourselves. So when people come in, that aren't necessarily used to a rush. Now, this can be for any major city. When you insert yourself into the the flow of things and kind of diverge from what that pattern is, you now become that person in the way. So keep in mind that you're in the way and knowing that people respond to different impediments and um, perceived negative stimuli in different ways, keep that in mind. You don't want to be that person that now, you know, somebody that's already rushing to something else or somebody that's pissed about something. Because a lot of people's reactions have nothing to do with you. It's all about them and how they perceive the situation. Remember that. However, you kind of got to know when you're some you're, when you're in the wrong. You got to know when you're in the wrong. You have to concede that sometimes it's not about where is fair or where is right. It's where sense flows. Look at the patterns. Even if it doesn't make sense to you, you got to be able to adapt to a new surrounding. And I find that not just New York City, but even in places that are slower. When I go to slower paced destinations, I know Costa Rica, their slogan is, uh, what is it? Pura Vida, La Pura Vida. I think it's just like the pure life. They're, eh, it is what it is. We, it, everyone will tell you when you go to Costa Rica, I know when I was Googling the things and looking up information about the area, they basically said, you're on their time. Don't do anything in a rush because the nature of the communal shared sentiment is ease. And the 
fast-paced city, I so I got to be here, I got to get this done, I'm going to move, and I'm going to do this, and I, ah, that's not held there. So if I were on a, oh, shit, they're going to close. All right, I want to just cash this out real quick so I can hit over there. But the lady at the register is just like, oh, my God, your nail polish is so cute. You know, there was a time that I didn't wear nail polish. But now, and, and here she is having a conversation, and you're ready to go. So you want to keep in mind what the patterns of a community are. You want to keep in mind what the cultural norms, sorry guys, what the cultural norms of a location are while you're visiting so you don't get fucked up. So you don't get caught up in the wrong stream of things, whether that stream be slower than your normal pace or faster than your normal pace. And be considerate of the people who live, breathe, work, eat, and sleep there because you are just a visitor. When I go someplace that is, you know, um, slower, now granted I'm on vacation. So for the most part, you would think that what am I in a rush for? But timetables, if I have something booked at a certain time and I'm trying to get there, or if I need to finish one thing so that I could start something else, it all, it all comes together full circle plan with those things in mind. If you know that you generally do move a little bit slower and you are going someplace that may not have, um, reliable service, consider buying your tickets in advance, consider calling in advance to find out what, uh, the, now that COVID, you know, is here, what are the COVID protocols? What are the COVID procedures? Are they letting people into, um, an exhibit before maybe an allotted time to view a museum. I know when we went to the African-American Museum in Philly, you had to buy your tickets. Um, I think we bought them in advance, but I remember there were blocks of time. I think it was three hours, two or three hours where you were allotted your time at the museum so that you could go and experience what was there, all that they have curated, but that was it. You go in and then you leave. So you don't want to go someplace in your mind thinking, oh, I've got all day. Call in advance or, you know, Google it. Look it up on the internet. Do a quick little Twitter search or a um, Yelp search, Expedia. Uh, read the reviews from people that have done the experience or whatever to see the recent ones to see if things have changed so that when you get there, you're not caught in any surprises. This way, you're not in the way of people that are there and people that are there aren't in your way. When you're trying to navigate something or if something becomes like a high stress situation for you, you don't want people brushing by you. If you're going in your wallet or if you're taking things out of your bag and if you are trying to um, adapt and pull something together to... You don't, a lot of times when you're trying to focus on something, when you're trying to concentrate, make a decision, you don't necessarily want too many outside influences getting in the way of that decision. So keep in mind that if you know that you're going to need to concentrate to decide, all right, how many tickets am I going to need at this time? Because I'm going to meet X, Y, and Z at that location. But then if I do this first, I'm missing out on the opportunity possibly to get here and do that. All of that is well and fine, but consider what the surroundings are when you're trying to make those decisions, okay? You don't want to get someplace and end up making a rushed decision because everything around you is rushing. 
or you don't want to spend too much time and overstress yourself making a decision on something, points to self, when you are in a slower paced area than what you're used to. And now all of a sudden, because you've got all of this extra time, you're over here, me, um, what's the word? Bob Ross in it. My brother used to tell me that. I remember we were painting my kitchen wall and he looked over. I was on one side. He was on the other side. We were on two separate walls. I was on, let's just say wall A, wall B. He turns around, checks out wall A that I'm at. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's a wall. Don't Bob Ross it. Just fucking paint it. I was deliberately one stroke up, down, up, down, up, down, being as neat as possible. He's on the other side, just fucking painting. All right, you can go back over it, paint again, paint, just get it done and then go back over it. And he's, he had done three times as much as I had in the same amount of time because I was being very slow, meticulous, calculated. And he's just like, for what? You're doing too much. He was right. So again, be aware of your surroundings, both faster paced um, environments and slower paced environments. You want to make sure that you are in the best situation or prepared for whatever situation you are entering um, to be able to make decisions best for you. If you need time and space and, you know, less stimuli to make your decisions, Consider that whatever your decision-making style is before you place yourself in a situation that may not result in the best conditions for you to do your best thinking, if that makes sense to you. Um, let's see, what else did I have here? Um, oh, my favorite one. My dad used to tell me this all the time. Be lost on your own time. That's not exclusive to just Taurus, but you know, obviously, it's easier for someone that's not from a destination or someone that's not from an area to be lost. If you're not from here and you're not certain of something, no one really holds it against you until you're in their way. Pull the fuck over. Recalibrate. Let the, um, and then also now that this is the big, bigly future year of 2022, Siri, Waze, whatever the fuck you're using, Google Maps or Apple Maps, or I don't know what the Androids is using because... That ain't my burden. Um, they will generally recalculate even if you're going the right way. So you can basically just keep going if you miss your exit. Keep going if you missed your turn off. You will get redirected. Uh, there's no need to, you know, slow up from the left lane to try to cut across four lanes of traffic to exit. Get off at the next exit. It'll loop you back around to get where you're trying to go. Be safe. Keep yourself safe. Keep everybody else safe. We know where we're going. Also, consider this ain't just some New York shit. I promise you, I'm certain this happens in other places. A lot of times, the listed traffic patterns, hear me out, are just suggestions. I know there is a particular block by my house. It's about three lanes of traffic and one lane, the far left lane, is a turn lane. Well, it's not a turn lane. It's one of those um, like service roads that if you keep going straight a while, you'll have a highway ramp to enter onto the highway. But before or after those highway ramp exits, there are a bunch of, you know, regular streets, turnoffs. It's in a relatively residential area and, you know, 
tons of people drive these ways to get to work. So three lanes, if you're going to make a left turn, you turn from the left lane, right? Because we here in the States drive on the right side of the street. So you make your turn from the left lane, making your turn, uh, you make your left turn from the left, right turn from the right. And all three lanes are lanes that drivers can go straight in. However, at one particular intersection that I have in mind, it is not unforeseen or um, unheard of for drivers in the right lane to cut across the other two lanes of traffic and make a left turn. Now, those of us that take that route, we know this. Is it unsafe? Fuck yes, it is. Is it right? Fuck no, it's not. However, it is a norm for that intersection. It is a norm in that general area. So if you are not familiar with that, or if you see that it's building up to that, like you see as you're in traffic watching it happen, drive accordingly. Um, I love my friends that are from New York, but moved out of New York, Alicia, I'm talking to you, (laughs) that are from New York, moved out of New York early and did not learn to drive in New York. So when they come back to New York, they are not exactly um, fond of driving in the city or just, well, any borough. But a lot of my friends, and I get it. A lot of New York drivers are much more aggressive drivers than they are in a bunch of other places in the country Um, because there's so many of us in such little bit of space. There are tons of highways in um, Dallas, tons and tons and tons of fucking highways. It just seems like everybody can get where they need to go because you just hop on a highway and go. There, of course, are roads that aren't fucking highways, but there seem to be so many direct access to so much direct access to a highway that you don't necessarily have to do um, a lot of local driving, depending on where it is you're trying to go. If you're trying to go local, duh, of course. But if I'm trying to say get to work and I don't live five minutes away, I'm going to get on a highway. Well, while we do have a ton of highways in New York, I feel like a lot of the driving that we do here is not necessarily highway driving. Um, at least for a lot of people that live in the outer boroughs, a lot of us will also take, um, I'd call them like mid-tier roads, like Atlantic Avenue, um, Linden Boulevard, Eastern Parkway, um, Queens Boulevard, Jamaica Avenue, Merrick Boulevard, Linden Boulevard. Like they're not, um, it's like the main street, the Martin Luther King Boulevard, wherever you go. Every community has one of them. It's just one of those larger streets, right? So driving patterns. Pay attention to what's going around, going on around you, not just what's listed. Always follow what's listed, but please pay attention to also what is going on around you. I am a great driver. I don't enjoy driving, but if you could drive in New York, you could drive anywhere in the United States. I would not fare well in, say, Casablanca. I was mortified and terrified in the car in Casablanca. So glad I didn't have to drive. My host did all the driving, but it's like I was describing in that intersection where people from the right lane were turning to go left. Um, Same thing. It's like 
anybody from anywhere just did what they wanted to do. There seemed to be no rhyme or reason crossing the street. It just, there weren't really traffic light. Y'all, it was insane. As great a driver as I think I am, never would have made it. Smoking door full of this. Um, but what else? Bali. The driving in Bali was also a bit, oof, clutches pearls. But there seemed to be a culture of if someone cuts you off, they don't slow down. Like out here, it's just like somebody, especially in like Long Island, I feel like Long Island drivers are terrible. They'll cut you off and go slower. What's the point in cutting me off if you're not going faster? You should have just stayed behind me or next to me. Like, where's the logic? But in Bali, it you could be on a little moped and cut off a car and the car is not going to like speed up to catch up to you. They just let you rock because you're peeling off. You're not just coasting like you're cutting them off and then you're going faster. It was a bit of um, a time. Uh, and that's always something that tickles me when I am abroad, just looking at the way people drive and the traffic patterns. Um, but yeah, pay attention to what's listed, but be lost out of the way. Keep yourself safe and other people safe because people that are from there, they know what the fuck they're doing. They know where they're going and they're not really trying to, um, well, not really trying to, while they should be, or while it would benefit everybody, we all know that that's just not how the world works. If there is, again, that whole flow, patterns. If the patterns are, this is what happens here, and this is what works, you, while potentially still following the rules, are now in an unsafe predicament. You're in an unsafe space because you're not following the pattern. And that's not to say if everybody else is doing 90 and the posted speed limit is 62, you do like 87. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you feel uncomfortable doing the 90 that everybody else where it's posted, watch the pattern. Don't be in the middle of it. Move out of the way. In general, everyone moves to the right. Fast traffic is on the left. That's one of the things that I will say I pick up on when I am driving outside of New York. Um, people like that left lane is for passing only. Boyfriend will drive in the left lane and not pass. And it always drives me crazy. But I want to drive, so I let him do his thing. But if you are driving on the majority of highways, I feel like, especially when they're like two lane highways or like three lane highways, like driving to Vermont, there was a lot of that driving to, um, while we were in, I'd say that drive from North Carolina to Tennessee, there were a lot of like two and three lane highways where that's all the left lane is for. You ride the left lane to get past the cars in the right, and then you get back to fucking the right lane. Another thing I noticed is that headlights. This is never a thing in New York, really. We don't turn our high beams down or we don't turn our lights lower. A lot of, I ain't gonna hold you, that you can tell. Like when we see somebody with really good headlights, we notice it. Because the majority of our headlights, at least me, in my experience of my cars, I never had like a new, new car. Um, my car's always been like a few years older than what's current, like, the last car I had was what, like a 20, I think it was like a 2014 Hyundai. 
And this was, that was my most recent car. That's the car that the engine died, sold it. Amen. That's out of my hair. Um, and I am getting closer to getting my car. I finally have a date for the inspection. That's the uh, update. So I should be in my new car. Um, I got a 2019 HRV. Yay me. Um, well, let me put a pin in it. Let's let it pass inspection first, but everything should be fine. Knock wood. That's not what, knock wood. That'll, oh, coaster, knock wood. But my point is I've never really had like a new, new car. So the, I can't tell you what the standard for high beams, headlights and all that shit is. But when I tell you when we were driving in uh, Vermont, head headlights were trash. High beams and all. I feel like I couldn't see further than 50 feet because it was utter, absolute darkness. My high beams are better suited for city driving. We have a ton of street lights, ambient light, all of that. I could pretty much see fine in New York. But out of state or in areas where it's completely dark and there are no lights other than your headlights, I always notice when oncoming traffic turns their high beams off as we're approaching each other. And that's one of those little things, those little courtesies that I have always appreciated, especially when I start to see it. And um, again, local norms, what are the patterns? What are the routines? Pick up on that. So when I drive now and I know I have my high beams on, I know my high beams aren't as good as theirs, but I try to be courteous and I turn them off. If I know that I am uh, parked on a street and there is traffic that is coming opposite me and I'm sitting in the car while it's running. I'll turn the high beam, I'll turn my headlights off so that traffic that's passing by, even here in where I live, residential street, when I see like there's a lot of traffic coming, I'll turn my headlights off just so that you're not driving into my headlights and it's, you know, um, annoying or it gets in the way. Also, don't want nobody to hit my shit. So again, courtesies, you're not the only person here. I try to do the things that I pick up on the pleasantries that I pick up on the things that I want done to me, treat others as you would want done to, you know, treat others the way you'd want to be treated. I don't want anybody in my fucking way. So I try to be out the way of others because I realize that while my rush, my haste does not make for someone else being in a rush is kind of like with professional projects, right? Just because you're in a rush doesn't mean that now I have to rush and get you something because you did something late. Same thing as an inverse, just because I am relaxed and on vacation and lounging around doesn't mean that you get to, you know, also enjoy my laissez-faire attitude. You're in a rush. So I'm going to be considerate and move out of your way, whether your way is faster than mine or your way is slower than mine. Uh, what were the other little things I had here? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, the fanny pack. Done wrong is an absolute giveaway. It's an absolute giveaway. You can wear a fanny pack, but you can also just like put money in places that aren't your pocketbook or that aren't like put it in your sock, put it in your shoe, put it in your bra, put it in, you know, a waistband or something. But it's just like the, the not, and not just the fanny pack, but like the money holder, the money wallet, like the body money wallet kind of thing. Those things have always kind of weirded me out. Like people that will have to like lift their shirt to take their, uh, to open their fanny pack because their money is hidden on like a money belt. 
if that makes you feel safe, if it makes you feel comfortable, by all means, you know, do your thing. I'm just saying that to me, it makes you look like a target to me. That's me. That's to me, in my opinion. Just saying. Those are um, tourist flags or uh, those are scary flags, if you will. Now, while they may be absolutely reasonable precautions, again, it's not wrong. It's just obvious. That's all. It's just obvious. Um, one of the things I was talking to boyfriend about the uh, episode earlier and I asked him like, well, what, what kind of shit do you hate? And he was just like, fucking MetroCard machine. Get the fuck out the way. I got to go to work. And I personally tried my best to purchase my MetroCard or refill my card when I got off the train, like at my house, like at my home stop, like where I would pick up the car. But I know that for me, that's in Queens, which isn't necessarily going to be a very populous station as it is. Whereas if you live in a lot of areas in, say, um, Brooklyn, if you work in Manhattan, one thing that I tried to avoid was buying my MetroCard before I went to work. Um, or if I'm in certain areas, we as native New Yorkers kind of know, especially if we are familiar with a station, we'll know where the different, uh, I'm about to call them tokens, um, MetroCard machines are, but a lot of them shits don't work or they don't take cat or they don't take cards. They only take cash or they only take cards, not cash, whatever. So then just like that line of like eight people and you can see them looking at each other, scratching their heads. They're speaking different languages. So that's generally a giveaway. Like, whereas it's just like, in 15 strokes, I'm done. I got what I need, maybe even fewer. And it's just like fighting the air here. You're in my fucking way. You're in my way. Um, yeah, so people that aren't, again, from the area and the patterns, the norms, in and out. Most of us kind of, we get it. And we get that you're not from here. We get that it's a new thing. And again, it's not like we necessarily think you're dumb it's not like we necessarily think that you know first time we did it yeah it was a curve you know we had to figure it out it's just that you're inconveniencing and I think maybe it's of note to mention most people aren't necessarily going to be upset with you like to your core or to like it's not you it's the inconvenience we don't give a fuck about you. People don't give a fuck about me when I'm someplace else. We don't. It's about what my being in this space and taking whatever amount of time, whether a lot of time or a little bit of time to do something in this shared space together is what does that now mean for the other person? And granted, God bless the saints that are, there are plenty of people that will absolutely stop and help you with things. One of the misconceptions is that New Yorkers are like super mean or they're abrasive and they're rude. We're in a rush. 
That's really what it is. If you if you need to ask a question, ask a question with purpose. You don't necessarily have to, um, you know, we're not going to always hold your hand, but I've helped plenty of people. I can always tell when people on the A-line are going to the fucking airport or because they got luggage. So when I see them looking mad lost and I know they about to get off at the wrong stop, it's like, not this one. Just, I'll let you know. And just, I got you. I got you. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like plenty of us are very willing to help. It's just, ask it fast. If you, and then also know who to ask. Don't ask somebody that already looks like they're in a rush. Don't ask somebody that has already got their hands full doing four other things. If you see somebody that's, if somebody's on the train with you, you could easily just, I'm sorry, miss. Excuse me, sis. Let me, what's the, West 4th? Is that two stops, three stops? I can get to the the E train from West 4th or is am I better off getting at, you know, um, Chambers or whatever? That's an easy question. I'm not doing nothing. We sit on the train. I ain't going nowhere. You know, I'm standing here with you. So yes, you can absolutely ask a question. But as I'm coming through the turnstile or as I'm taking my shit out my wallet to put through the metro, the the turnstile or whatever, that's not the right time to ask me. If I'm standing on the platform or if I'm waiting to, um, you know, get off the train or something, you'd be like, do you know which way 71st Street is when I exit? Is it this way or is it that way? Go on and ask. Plenty of us native New Yorkers will also ask questions while we out here just because, oh, well, I'm not from this end of Brooklyn or I ain't been to Bronx in like three years or I've never taken the one line. I don't know which way I'm going. Do I want to go uptown to get to this location or am I going? Is this going to be the downtown side? You could absolutely ask questions. We don't give a fuck. If we got the answer, we'll give you the answer. It's all love. But know who to ask. And it doesn't need to be a drawn out fucking science project. Let us know where you're trying to go or just get to the fucking point. Don't ask while I'm, you know, getting onto the train. Like while the train is pulling up is not the time to ask for a detailed um, rerouting. It's not time to ask like, well, how do I get to, you can ask me, does this go to X, Y, and Z? Or am I on the right side? Or is this the way, you know what I mean? Like consider your audience. What is the situation? Are we busy? Is this a packed platform? Little things like that. Like read the room. That is my advice to you. Uh, Was that it? Yeah. Oh, last one. Leaving shit unattended. I don't think this is just a a tourist thing. I feel like I've seen plenty of people leave shit unattended. Don't do it. Take your shit with you. If you're at a coffee shop or a cafe or at a restaurant or something and you got to go to the bathroom and there's nobody here, take your shit with you. Don't leave your coat behind. Don't leave your bag behind because you get back and the shit is gone. Don't do it. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Don't leave things behind. Don't leave things unattended. At the airport, I've seen plenty of people just leave their stuff and go to the bathroom and then come back. Even if you ask, 
somebody, uh, that's one thing that you're not supposed to do. I don't know where I was. I think I read it on Facebook or something. This lady on a flight was, Ooh, this was a good one. So let me try and see if I remember the, there was a lady, a young lady on the flight. Maybe let's just say she's in her twenties, older woman and was very, um, kind and matronly, if you will. And I don't remember where she asked. I think she asked the young lady to help her get something from the overhead compartment, like her purse or whatever. And then she was just like, you know, she like befriended the girl and just was all sweet and sweet, lovey-dovey, walked out. And for I don't remember at what point it was, but the older woman ended up getting stopped or she ended up going to do something or whatever asked mad you know she was asking questions on the flight or whatever and a guy had been listening and picked up on it and the older woman had gotten stopped and detained and was questioned about something or whatever blah 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 and the dude was like don't hold shit for her don't take nothing from her don't don't do it and like at some point the lady or the lady had asked the girl to hold, I don't know, but the point was the older lady got caught up in some trafficking shit and ended up, this is my daughter. This is my daughter. I know her. No, this bag is hers. Yada, yada, yada. And it's like, if they were going to like print the bag or something like that, the woman had touched it. Like she'd helped her get it from the overhead compartment. But at some point, I think the guy had interceded and was just like, no. And it's a good thing that she listened to the guy that was telling her, chill sis, this ain't it, not the move, don't help this lady anymore, because now the lady was trying to put her bag on this young lady and was just like, no, the bag is hers, or this is my daughter and we're traveling together, it's her bag. And the lady had been trafficking some shit, so of course, customs, issues, problems, jails, all that shit. And it's one of those things, so don't leave your shit unattended, and don't hold on to other shit for other people. There's a certain level of niceties that can exist. Somebody's like, hey girl, I'ma just run to the bathroom. Nobody should touch this bag but me kind of thing. I'm not grabbing the bag from somebody if they try to take it. But if you come back and your shit ain't here, I'ma definitely tell you what the person looked like, where they went, might take a picture and be like, you got your phone on you? I'll send it to you or something. You know what I mean? But that being said, don't leave your shit unattended. Pay attention to your shit. Hold on to your things and keep your things to your per- like to your person. They don't need to be scattered all around. You don't need to have stuff everywhere so now everybody else is navigating around you and your shit. Hold on to your stuff. There's no need for you to have three seats as one person. You know what I mean? It's reason, respect, care about people around you. So, you know, Travel is a lot more than vacation. And in this instance, it's because you're visiting places where people live. You're visiting places where people work. These are their homes. These are their regular lives. And while you may be in a rush, they may not be. While you may be, you know, at a leisurely stroll or at like a really lackadaisical pace, other people may not be. So while you're holidaying or while you're vacationing, consider that you're in the spaces that other people live in. And the same way people may visit you or the same way you expect somebody to respect your home when they come and see you, extend that same courtesy to other people while you are visiting their hometowns. 
All right, so I'm curious as to what y'all hate that people do in your community or in your neighborhood. Uh, drop that in my inbox, dcarry at travelandshippodcast.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Welcome to the new year, guys. Happy new year. Boop, boop. All right, bye.